Welcome to the Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. Thank you guys. Bless you. Have a, go have a seat. Can you guys give them a hand? Yeah. And we're going to have the team minister afterwards as well. Um, so good. Yeah, I just feel like even God wants to deposit seeds in us this morning of promise. And so put your hand on your stomach. I'm going to pray for you. Father, we thank you. We thank you for what you're birthing. We thank you for what you're depositing this morning. We thank you for the stirring. God, I ask that you would, you would deposit something significant that releases a fresh seed of hope that ignites and stirs people for even promises that you've spoken in the past, promises that you've spoken individually to people, promises corporately that you've spoken. And I ask that you would stir hearts this morning and release that fertilizer of faith on hearts this morning, that this is, this is going to manifest and happen, that they're going to see the promise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Mm. If you guys could turn to, um, turn to Ezekiel, or, um, 2 Kings 13, and while you're doing that, I'm, I'm going to read a verse in Hebrews and, and read a verse in Joshua, um, and then come back to 2 Kings 13, verse 14. Thank you, Jesus. But I've been praying into um, this, this, this season that we're in. And I keep getting in Matthew 11, you know, it says the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. And Bill actually spoke that word um, a while ago, like a couple weeks ago, our senior pastor, but it had been resonating in me because I felt, and he said this key phrase, he said that violence is faith, like the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the faith, the the ones that, that apprehend, that don't get distracted or discouraged, but they, they set their heart, and they just say yes, and they keep walking, and they keep going. They, they will inherit those promises. The kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent, the ones that just are steadfast, the ones that are like, I don't care how I'm feeling. I don't care if everything says, I'm scared, I'm not qualified, I can't do this. I'm going to apprehend the promise that God has put before me. And I really feel that stirring this morning that God is stirring even my life. This feels like more it's, it's for me as much as it is for you. That we're being given an invitation, a grace to, yes, 2021 was amazing, but there is something available for the body of Christ. And even individually, that our corporate, our individual breakthroughs, our individual focuses will cause a, a release of even a greater level of corporate breakthrough. And Hebrews 12 says this, says, therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by um, such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which easily, which so easily ensnares us. 
And it's interesting how it says, let us lay aside every weight, and then there's a weight, and then there's also a sin, you know, sin that can ensnare us. So I, I think of like, what could be weights that aren't sin? What could be things that are just holding me back, that are causing me not to run like I want to run? And I don't know about you, but I've ran, I'm from Seattle originally, ran the Seattle Marathon twice back in the day back in the day day a couple years ago we did a we did a hundred mile bike ride um in northern california and i love endurance sports i love i love feeling like oh i shouldn't have ate that last night i feel that way you know what i mean like oh or oh i i i feel my body functioning i feel the rhythm i feel an, a supernatural grace step in where i feel like i'm done and god graces me and it says, let us put aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus. Say that with me. Say, looking unto Jesus. Mm. That's the key this year, guys, is looking unto him the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. He sat down um, at the right hand of the throne of God. And I love that reality that, you know, for the joy set before him. What's the joy set before you this year as you step out in faith? I know in these two books, I've got four kids, five, wow, <laughs> five, five kids, and uh, that, was, that was a year ago, and the Lord spoke to me, he said, he said, write, and I like, I read one book all through high school, like my son reads books every day, all the time, what he doesn't know is like, dad didn't love reading, I would do anything but read, and I remember like, God tell me, write, right, right. And I'm like, I, I'm going to write. So I, I'm like, now I got to find time because I got a full-time job. I've got this, I've got that. And so I started like, I'm going to, like, I felt this violence, this kingdom of God suffers violence, this tenacity to put aside other things and say, God, I'm going to be faithful with that little word that you spoke to me to write. And I'm like, what is stirring in your heart in this season where you need to be faithful with it? I remember when I was on my college basketball team and I had a vision from the Lord of the whole team getting saved. And I got there and I had no favor. They, one of the guys didn't even want me on the team. I didn't get any playing time. I, I was like the Rudy of the team, if you remember that movie from years ago. I need a new movie reference. That's, that one's getting old. And, like, nobody was, nobody was wanting anything with God at the beginning. And I had to, again, be tenacious and set my heart to what, what did you say, God? And how do I walk this out? I had to lay aside, you know, those weights can be doubt. Those weights can be, like, did you say that? Those weights could be, how could this happen, God? How can I really see that? How can I see my family born again? Or how can I see you show up in my workplace? I love my job, God, but I want more significance. And he says, go start sharing about me. God, how do I do that? I'm with you. I'll guide you. Like, how do we do this where we see those promises become a reality? 
And it's like, let us lay aside every weight. So I want to say this. Find the joy that's bigger than the, than the, than the, than the task at hand. Like, pull on heaven and worship until you feel his joy strengthen you. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And when we pull on joy, I remember when I led both my parents to the Lord, my mom would go on these, 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 um, tangents of very mean things saying to me like trying to break chairs over my head and she was very she got delivered of many demons like she was she was going you know she went from meth binges to completely set free but in that process was I had to I had to lock in and go, God, you said my family's going to get saved. God, how do I do that? And he said, it's going to cost you everything. I laid down college. I laid down so many things and went after it. And boom, they got radically set free. And God didn't show me the, the full promise of everything in the time. There was a lot of mystery in it. But then it started to unpack when I had these whole parents. And now I have five kids. And they're there every day, you know, with my family pouring into my kids, still married. And it's like, what I'm trying to stir in you this morning is faith to believe God for the promise. And go ahead and turn um, to that, that Second Kings. I'm going to read this. Hmm. Verse, uh, it's 13 verse 14. It says, Elijah had become sick with the illness of which he would die. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. And Elijah said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to him, King of Israel, put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it, and Elijah, and Elijah put his hand on the king's. Says, and he said, open the east window, and he opened it. Then Elijah, Elisha, um, said, shoot, and he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance, and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for you must strike the Syrians at Aphek, Till you destroy them. Then he said, Take arrows. So he took them, and he said to the king of Israel, Strike the ground. So he struck it three times and stopped. And he says, And the man of God was angry with him and said, You should have, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had, would destroy it. But now you only strike and destroy them three times, pretty much is what it's saying. And there was this key reference in verse 17. It said, um, the Lord, it says, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for you must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you destroy them. It says, he said clearly, till you destroy them. And he said, he only struck the ground three times. And he said, if you would have struck it continually, if you would have had faith to strike and strike and strike, 
five, six times, you would have completely defeated that thing in your life. And I just, I just want to highlight this here. And it, it reminds me so much of, you know, those three areas of my life, my family, my basketball team, and then the, the books and, and obtaining the promises that God puts in our hearts. I want to encourage us in this season that when we do the small things in great ways, when we listen and we're just obedient and we, and we stir our hearts with faith, God, you said this, I don't care if I feel it, I don't care how it, how it, how it, how it looks, it could look awkward that I'm striking the ground. It could look awkward that I can barely write a sentence, it feels like today, and you told me to write a book. God, I have a full-time job. I have five kids. I only can get up at 4.30 in the morning. I can stay up. I got margin time from 9 to 11 at night. He's like, where's your faith, Angelo? And so I took what I had, you know, my fish and loaf or that arrow, and I just kept striking. And, and a year and a half, one book birthed two. And it's like, in a small window, I went from not having any favor on the basketball team to winning the hearts, becoming a captain the next year, and leading the whole team to the Lord at the end of the season. Well, like two-thirds of the way into the season. People coming up to me, ask me, how do I get set free from this? Help me with this relationship issue on my team. You know, with my family, it was mom and dad manifesting, divorce papers in hand. Even some of the church, like, what are you doing? Like, doubt swirling. Did God say this? And I just set my heart, and I, and I struck, and I stayed focused on what he had said. And it's a really simple message, but I feel it's catalytic for us in this season. That, yes, this church is going to see amazing fruit. And yes, there's, there's a move and there is, there is so much life in this. But I feel like God wants to give a personal invitation of faith. He just wants to stick it in us in this season. And just to, to champion us to believe him for what he's spoken to us and what he wants to do in us and through us in this season. That he wants to release faith. Faith for the impossible. Faith for promises. That yes and amen, that's not far off. But it's now. So I hired somebody with my book writing process that had never written a book. I took a home equity line out on my house. I was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to write. You said it, Lord. And so hired this guy. And God comes in, and like my friend, we're, we're writing in the morning. He's like, Angela, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just like, help me get these thoughts out. Like, help me just, just like, 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 you know, we're just, we're just throwing ideas out. And we're, we're just brainstorming in a little studio that I built on my property. And then a friend comes up to me and goes, hey, you know I wrote a book. He goes, you know, I'll, I'll be glad to help you. And he starts laying out all this stuff about how he'll help me. And he ends up, we, I said, I can't pay you, but I can give you free rent for a year. We had a room in our back house. Gave him free rent. And he helps me craft thoughts, challenge me. He's like, you know, I also have my master's in divinity. Um, and he's helping me with theological things. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, God, you said, you said for me to be yes and trust you. And he brought, he brought the training wheels. He brought the strength. He brought everything I needed to see the vision manifest. 
And I just want to prophesy over you this year that he's going to bring everything you need to see the vision manifest. He's going to bring everything you need to see what he's spoken in your heart manifest in this season. I want to encourage you that we don't have to partner with any hopeless thoughts from 2021. We don't have to partner with any foreboding. We don't have to swirl with anything that's trying to land on us. But we get to partner with life and life abundantly. His promises are yes and amen. What he started, he's going to finish in you. And I just want to charge and encourage you this morning. Like charge, like champion you. Like charge your spirit with faith to run out, to say yes to what he's stirred in your heart and to to know that he is with you. And that as you strike and as you're faithful, you're going to defeat those things that, that, that are standing in your way And you're going you're gonna to actually reshape the line of your even family legacy through the radical obedience. And I remember the other day, my son, we were driving. He didn't know how hard English was. And he leans over to me. He's like, Dad, when I write my first book, should I write it about this or this? And I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, oh, if you knew the dysfunction and the cycles of our family, and now he's rewired to go, oh, we're just going to write. That's our normal thing in our family to do. We're going to write books. We're going to change the world. And it's like, it's like, we are reshaping things. God wants to not only bring revival like corporately in this region, but he wants to bring revival personally to your life where there's actually a river of life flowing out of you. Amen? Why don't you guys stand up? We'll have the team come back up here. I'm going to pray over these guys, and then we're just going to open up for um, some time of ministry. We've got a few minutes before Uh, the amazing next service. But Father, we thank you for your promises over our life. God, we thank you that they are yes and amen. We thank you that you are the, the author and the finisher. God, we thank you that you don't speak stuff that you don't make ways for. But I pray that there'd be faith to step out of the boat in this season. I, be, I, be, I, I pray there's faith to fix our eyes on you and trust you as we walk on water. And we just ask today that you fill hearts with faith, hope, and expectation. We declare that over you. Faith, hope, and expectation for what he has. Faith, hope, and expectation. In Jesus' name, we bless you. Hmm. And we declare that his promises over you are yes and amen. Hmm. Pastor, I could land it or I could keep going. Where, where would you like? Okay. I know, ask Holy Spirit. I like that. I just want to be respectful. Okay, yeah, if, you're, if you need to go, you can go. Um, I, I'm going to keep going a little, yeah. I mean... I may never see y'all again, so <laughs> I'm going to keep going. Just, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, um, turn to 2 Kings 13. Mm. Hey. Mm. 
I feel personally in this season that God's inviting us in our, in our grace of faith to believe that he's inviting us to grab a hold of the promises. More, Lord, more, more, more. Yeah, more. It's okay. Keep drinking. Thank you, God. Ah. That the Lord is inviting us to grab a hold of promises that he's, he's spoken in our heart and our spirit. And I've had three, I've had many promises manifest and happen, but three came to mind as I was stirring, uh, kind of praying into, God, what do I release in this house in this season? And one was, I had the opportunity to lead both my family members to the Lord, shared that first service, saw my mom delivered off methamphetamines overnight. I got saved in a house church so I didn't have a church. I didn't have full understanding of what to do. I'd call this guy. He was a man of faith, his little house church. And I'd be calling him. And I mean, we had, I had so many high school students I'd bring to his house to get saved. And, um, and like I said, my family, I got to lead to the Lord. And there was this element of glory where people hear that. But then there was this element of perseverance and tenacity that, that, and it cost me when God spoke, like, like I, I was at a junior college playing basketball, and God told me not to go on to um, continue my education. And I remember I was standing outside, and I was thinking, um, I was just about to graduate, and he said, no degree will do for you what obedience will do. And just so clearly, stay and help your parents. So my mom, you know, if you know anything about people with certain addictions, like she had taken the whole second floor of the house and ripped it down to the studs because she was in this uh, meth-like binge. And it's like, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to remodel this. And staying up all night, tore apart down to the studs. And then she'd go to the... Um, like the secondhand stores and just buy junk and like the, the garage was full of junk and the house was falling apart and God said fix it for them. Uh, they lost their car, it got repossessed, the house was in foreclosure. He said give them your car. I'd gotten a car with some scholarship money. I gave him my car. Um, he challenged me to um, like go take a job with this guy and say you'll work for free in exchange, so it was this contractor, I'll work for free if you'll teach me how to help my parents restore the house. And I did it. And so at day, I'd help this ministry and help that gentleman. And then at night, I'd go work on my parents' house. And it was like, I share about them getting saved, but there was this battle from the promise to the, you know, the fulfillment of it, of trusting, even having church people saying, your parents are growing, like they need to take care of themselves. And me just going, uh, no, I'm, this is what God spoke to me to do. And there was this element of mystery of not understanding the whole picture of just like my friend gets saved. We get saved at the same time. We're seeing crazy outbreaks of God. He's on a Navy ship and he's having the, the chaplain come to him and go, I don't know what to do. I've never had the chapel full like this. Like you take over. They're throwing Ouija boards off the ship. They're throwing pornography off the ship. And he ends up connecting up with Lou Engle and he's like doing stadium stuff with Lou. And God just says, stay with your family and pour into them. And he's calling me, we're going to do this thing thing we're with Lou it's a call and, and I'm like I'm just being faithful with my parents like and like this mystery and then the Lord says don't go on to your college stay so I do another year there of just worship stuff 
and I'm just doing a campus ministry. I'm like, I'm, I'm pouring myself on my young single man. I'm serving this guy. I'm helping restore my parents. And it's humbling because the next wave of students, my high school's across the street. So they're like, why are you still here, Angelo? What are you doing? And in that time, it's, it's very humbling. And so I just remember just feeling like there is mystery. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm going to set my heart like flint and go after this. And, you know, it reminded me of this story in, in, in 2 Kings 13. He says this. He says on, in verse 14. We'll start in 15. And Elijah said to him, take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. And then he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on, on it. And Elijah put his hand on the king's hand. And he said, open the east window. And he opened it. And Elijah said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of the deliverance from Syria for you must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you, and here's the key, it says, for you must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you've destroyed them. You must strike them till you've destroyed them. And he said, take the arrows. So he took them and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck it three times and stopped. And in verse 19 it says, and the man of God Elisha was angry um, with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck, and um, Sir then you would have struck Syria till you destroyed it. I wish I would have read this verse back then when I was, uh, when I was with my parents and had understanding that when God speaks something like Yes, he did a prophetic act there and was striking, but in Matthew eleven twenty two says, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. And I don't believe this is talking about a physical violence, but it's an act of faith that God said this, and I'm not going to be swayed by man's opinion. I'm not going to be swayed by the, the opinions of even the swirl of my mind, humanistic thinking like, God, you said my family is going to be saved. And I'm going to go after this. I don't care what it costs. I'm going to set my heart after this. And I'm going to be obedient to this. Huh. And he reminded me the greatest storms bring the greatest battles. And there were times when, you know, my parents would call me and they were just full out fighting. And I was their marriage counselor. I started to help them with finances. And like they started to get restored and just serving, serving. I'll share this one story of my mom. I don't even know if my son's heard it. But um, she's manifesting and she's breaking, trying to break a chair over my head. We're in the kitchen and she's screaming at me. And there's all this venom of pain coming out of her. And she's even screaming at me, Angelo, I hate you. Why did I ever have you? I hate you. And, she's, and God just said, love her and hold her. Love her and hold her. And I'm loving her and holding her and trying to, and she's trying to bite me. Like it's full on, she manifesting. And I'm like, I'm like, there was no MMA back in 2001. I didn't know how to do submission. I'm joking, I'm joking. And I'm just hugging her, mom. God has a plan for you. He loves you. We're right by the stove. And 
I'm just loving her. And all of a sudden, she's like, get off me. I, I hate you. Why did I ever have you? And she had had an abortion before me. If you knew the rest of our story, like, there is pain there. But if you know, my mom came from a broken lineage. And like, in that moment, we are like breaking generational curses that I am not even aware of. I am just being obedient in the moment. I don't understand that 20 years later, my kids are going to have two healthy grandparents that want to be around, that pick them up from school, that moved to Reading just to serve and pour in, that paid all my first year tuition. I didn't know any of that. I didn't know that they were going to be the, the help, you know, fund so much when I sowed into them. Now they've come back, gone restored, and they're some of my biggest supporters. I knew none of that. All I knew is he gave me a word and a promise. And in, in the minute, all hell's breaking loose. And he says, hold her and hug her and love her. And in the midst of that, all of a sudden, we, I feel this thing break. And she goes, I hate myself. How did I ever get to here? And she just starts, like all that venom was trying to push me away. But all that pain was really her speaking about her condition. She's saying, I hate you. But she's really saying, I hate myself. She's saying, why did I ever have you? She's like, well, how did I ever get here? Like, what? My life's a mess. And God just said, love her violently in that. The kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent, and you may not be called to like stay in that kind of, it almost sounds like abuse, but I was a pretty strong young man and could handle it. But, but leaning into that mess is where God birthed the promise. And it's like, that's, that's where that giant fell and it changed our whole family line. My parents are the only ones out of like their sphere of friends that are still married. And I've looked at it like, no, they're divorced, they're divorced. And they had the divorce papers. Like the house was in foreclosure, the car had gotten repossessed. Like it was a mess. And there was that but God moment. But it took this radical obedience. But as I was obedient, he filled me with joy. He filled me with strength. And I want to encourage you in this season to whatever God is speaking to you, to set your heart at it and to be tenacious with what he's put in front of you and let your lion and bear season bring a level of corporate breakthrough so that, that you can be strong when it's time to defeat other Goliaths in your life in this region to see others set free. So I want, I want you to stand up. I'm going to pray over you. Super simple message, but I, I want you to catch that, that grace of faith that a promise is released, and then sometimes there is like the complete opposite comes of our promise, and we have to be able to stand. We have to be able to be tenacious with God. You said this. I'm going to believe you. I don't care what it costs because I know that it doesn't matter what the cost is. If you said it and you're going to grace it, you're going to, I'm going to be used by you and you, I'm going to get the revelation and reality that you are my provider. You're my deliverer. You're with me. And it's the game changer. It is the game changer. So put your hand on your heart. And team, you can come up here. We're going to open up for people to get ministered to. Hey, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the promises. Thank you for the promises. I ask you to bring to memory the promises. The promises. Promises he spoke over you. Promises of, of your life to, like, life and life abundantly. 
I thank you that you're a good father. Hey. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I ask that you would release grace to see the promises apprehended in this season. That you'd release grace and ease. It's not a striving. The kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. It's not, I'm not declaring you strive after it. I'm declaring you rest in his still small voice. And you just walk in that. I'm not declaring you go and you have make it happen. I'm saying you just step out. When you're on water, you keep your eyes fixed on him. You keep worshiping when you're in mystery and you don't, you don't know the outcome. You can't see the reasons why, but you know he's good and what he started, he is going to finish. And I just declare this over your heart and your spirit that you're the key to revival in this region. I declare your workplace to go into revival, your family to go into revival, your neighbors to experience revival, for, for your region, your sphere of influence to be revived. Hey, that you would be like the woman at the well. Yeah. That you would lead them to his feet. And then they would taste and see that he's good. Yes, yeah, so I just, I, I release fresh courage and expectation and hope in this season in your heart. Courage, expectation, and hope. We just breathe that into your hearts. Courage to charge him when he says yes and, and go after it. Expectation to know that he's a good father and there may be a storm, but he is your deliverer and you can worship and praise him. And hope to know that like, 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 wow, God, you're with me. Hope, like it's the incubator. Courage, expectation, and hope. We declare that for you in 2022. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now just put your hand on your neighbor. And we're just going to release joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Just release, just release joy over them right now. Joy, 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 joy. I'm going to give you a prescription for to see this happen. It's joy. It's, it's joy. It's his, it's his healing medicine. It's joy. It's our strength. It's joy. So we bless you. Yeah. Hey. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Yeah. And we thank you for this courageous house, God. We thank you that you're going to... In like a year and a half to two and a half years, you're, it's going to look completely different. I see so many fresh converts getting like transformed in here. So many sons and daughters coming home. Yeah. So we bless you guys. And um, I'm going to turn it back over to Pastor, but I think we could do a joy tunnel and just release joy on you guys. Bless you guys. It was so great to be here with you.